Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by Students for You. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 29 of the quarantine edition of my show. This week's episode, this week's show will not be like it normally is. <laughs> so... Obviously, you know, there was NFL stuff that happened. You know, my Eagles lost to Seattle yesterday on Monday Night Football, which wasn't that fun for me. Kansas City got a pretty big win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jets continue to be winless. Tennessee got a really big win. You know, the NFL, for some reason, has Ravens and Steelers playing on Wednesday now because of COVID. There's a lot of weird stuff. Shakhtar Donetsk today, by the way, beat Real Madrid 2 to nothing, which is pretty crazy, but I'm not going to, again, have my normal, regular show today, because last week on Wednesday, something incredibly sad happened, and I feel like it deserves all of my attention. So, for anyone living under a rock who didn't hear about this, but... Last Wednesday, Diego Maradona passed away at the age of 60. And so I felt like this show would be about him. So that's what it's going to be. My show today is going to be about Diego Maradona. And I'm going to try and make it a little bit different because I realized that as a 23-year-old, I'm maybe not the best person to tell certain parts of Maradona's story because there's a lot to him and his legacy that sadly I can't touch on because I wasn't alive at the time. So there's definitely, you know, some limitations to what I'm able to do because I don't have that emotional connection to him that I know a lot of people do. But what I am going to do today in my little in my little legacy show for him is I'm going to take kind of a historical perspective because in every sport there are certain players that are so entrenched and tied to the history of the sport that it's impossible to tell the story of the sport without mentioning the player type of thing so like as an example in hockey it's impossible to tell the story of hockey without mentioning a guy like Wayne Gretzky, right? It's impossible to tell the story of basketball without mentioning Michael Jordan or Bill Russell. It's impossible to tell the story of track and field without Usain Bolt, right? These are the type of things that, like, there are very few people that I think are so intertwined in a sport that they end up becoming the history of the sport to some degree. And so in the sport of football or soccer, which by the way, um, for the purposes of this show, I, cause I know that I tend to use both terms, um, quite, quite loosely, right? I say soccer, I say football all the time for this show. I'm just going to say football. So if I say football, I mean football, I'm not talking about the NFL stuff, but anyways, so in the history of football, and certainly the players I'm about to name, there are far more players that deserve to be mentioned 
as far as being huge historical pieces of the game. But I don't think anyone would argue that guys like Pele, like Cruyff, like Zidane, like Ronaldo, like Messi would be... Like, I don't think anyone would argue that they're not entrenched in the history of the sport. And Diego Maradona is one of these players. So, like I said, a little bit of a historical view on his legacy. But here we go. So, I'll start with the 1982 World Cup, because this is kind of when his career really got underway. He played... Originally, his club football, he was playing in Argentina, and he actually, so the Argentina team that won the World Cup in 1978, he was potentially being considered for it, but in the end wasn't picked for that team. That was a little bit controversial in the, was a little bit controversial in the country type of thing, but Argentina ended up winning the World Cup. I'll, you know put an asterisk on that by saying it was quite controversial because you know I, I know that you know the match fixing thing in sport tends to creep up every now and again right and you see that but the 1978 World Cup has a lot of shadiness to it I'm not going to get into all of that because again this is not about that Argentina team or that World Cup it's about Maradona but he was almost picked for that team at age 17 so he didn't end up getting to play in that World Cup but he did get to play in the 1982 World Cup and this was a big deal because he just got a huge transfer to Barcelona from Boca Juniors for at the time a world record transfer fee of around 7.6 million dollars so the 1982 World Cup didn't exactly go that well for the young Maradona making his World Cup debut. Argentina did pick it out of the initial group stage. So the 1982 World Cup was a little bit different than a lot of the World Cups you might be used to seeing because what it had was a initial group stage, so the first round group stage, but then it had a second group stage after that, and then it went straight on into the the final and the third place game type of thing. So it, it was a very different tournament as far as the structure was concerned. But Argentina made it to the second group stage and they were paired up with Italy and Brazil. They ended up losing both of those games in the second round of matches. And Maradona certainly didn't leave himself in the good graces following the 82 World Cup as like I said they lost to Italy 2 to 1 and in the Brazil match they were down 3 to nothing late in the game when one of the one of Maradona's teammates got kind of cheap shotted by one of the Brazilian players Batista and Maradona basically just <laughs> he basically did a giant kick in his stomach uh, in retaliation that, you know, on some level, you have to kind of understand he was sticking up for a teammate and very frustrated. Maradona got fouled a lot in that tournament, which tended to be a theme of his career. But he retaliated in defense of his teammate, 
kicking Batista in the stomach and got sent off with a red card. And so that was pretty much how his tournament ended. And it certainly didn't put him in the good graces of a lot of people at the time. But his story was certainly still well. There was still a lot of a lot of chapters to be told for sure, even if that initial one wasn't the best for him personally. So after the 1982 World Cup, like I said, he made his move to Barcelona. And so he didn't stay there that long at Barcelona. He did win the Copa del Rey in the 1983 season with them. And he got back to the final in 1984. This game wasn't... This game was kind of personal. So it's a, it's a little bit of a long story. So I'm going to shorten and simplify this. But essentially... Maradona got his ankle broken by a cheap shot earlier in a La Liga game against Athletic Bilbao. And Bilbao was the team that Barcelona was playing in the 84 final Copa del Rey. And so Maradona, after the final whistle was blown, because there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on in that game. I recommend reading about it because it's kind of kind of fascinating on some level but anyway Barcelona and Bilbao broke out in a huge brawl Maradona was kicking players left and right yeah there was a huge like bench clearing fight at the end of the game that was Maradona's last game at the last game for the uh, Spanish side of Barcelona so he then got his move to Napoli and so he was going to Napoli with kind of a a big reputation, but not a lot of success at the time in his career. But Napoli certainly gravitated towards him because for Napoli, this was a move to save their club. Napoli in the 83-84 season before Maradona showed up finished in 12th place in Serie A. And they were just two points away from relegation. So Maradona was basically seen as the savior for this club because they were so far at the bottom compared to the rest of Italy that it was it was tough to imagine them winning anything let alone what they would end up doing but I'll get to that in a little bit later because Maradona really did change everything for this Napoli team in his second season at the club, they finished third place in the league. Maradona was the leading scorer in the league that season. And it gave the entire city, the entire region, hope. Because Napoli, the story with Napoli is really interesting. And for any of you who haven't seen it, there's a HBO, I believe it's HBO... There's a Diego Maradona documentary that came out last year in 2019, and it is fantastic. It is a brilliant, in my opinion, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And yes, it's HBO. I, I just looked it up here really quickly. But yeah, so the HBO doc that came out last year about Maradona, if you haven't watched it, I really, really highly recommend it. It's fantastic. And it really does a great job of showcasing how Napoli was such a unique part of Italy because it almost was separate. It almost felt separate from 
the rest of Italy and in a lot of ways because Napoli was seen as the the you know I'm using quotations here but it was seen as the like poor part of the country and the slums part of the country and quite often when Napoli would travel to play away games against some of the bigger clubs in Italy they were greeted with signs saying you know the the dirty Neapolitans or how they need to wash them or you know they'd be hit with all these slurs and it's it's weird to think about in the same this is all the same country this is all in Italy but Napoli almost was just a completely separate entity they were seen as this you know dirty and you know uncapped poor just you know garbage people essentially was how a lot of the country viewed them and so for napoli it really was a sense of pride when they were able to beat those other big clubs when they were able to win those games because it felt like to them that you know this was an ex like the the football team that they had was kind of an expression of the people of napoli in a way where it's like you know you shouldn't treat us like this basically and so that's kind of part of where a lot of the emotion comes from and again i'm maybe not the best person to describe a lot of that but the documentary does a really good job and i know that you can find stories online about people who grew up in napoli who can tell that story better than i can but but certainly it's a very very interesting dynamic as far as Maradona's career and why Napoli was so important to a lot of his legacy. But anyways, so like I said, they finished third place in the 85-86 season, leading in perfectly to the 1986 World Cup. And this one is the tournament when Maradona went from being, you know, not just a great player, but an all-time great player. He led Argentina to first place in the group stage, and the 86 World Cup, unlike the 82 World Cup, had more of a normalized format to it, and so that meant the quarterfinal game was going to be against England. Now this England game, I'm sure many of you know how the story goes. The first goal Maradona scored was, to put it lightly, um, was very controversial. And, you know, when you look at the pictures afterwards, when you look at the, like, replays, it's like, yeah, he scored with his hand. He punched the ball into the net. And for some reason, the referees gave the goal. But there is a little bit of an interesting nationalistic sim uh, symbolism that's attached to the hand of God goal that Maradona scored against England. Because that was around the time when Margaret Thatcher of Ing she was the prime minister when thatcher decided to start the falklands war against argentina because she, let's just say margaret thatcher was a very bad person and anyone who thinks otherwise please feel free to just not ever listen to my show again she was a horrible person but anyway for argentina it felt very symbolic and a little bit of a revenge thing and Maradona even said in the documentary too how like it really felt like a little bit of revenge against England that first goal the second goal he scored though was something 
that not even Hollywood could dream of as far as imagining a perfect football goal. Because Maradona picks up the ball around midfield, and he ends up dribbling through about six players of the England team, including the goalie, and slots it into the goal, scoring what is widely considered the greatest World Cup goal of all time. And that goal, if you haven't heard the Spanish commentary of the goal, because I'm sure a lot of people have seen the goal itself, but if you haven't heard the Spanish commentary, I really recommend it, even if you don't speak Spanish, because the commentator is so emotional in it. Like, he basically starts saying after Maradona scores, I want to cry. Thank you, God, for football. Thank you, God, for Maradona. What planet did you come from? And, like, just the passion. Like, it really shows the love and the beauty in football in a lot of ways in that goal. So, highly recommend that if you want. Just just listen to the entire commentary, Spanish. Even if you don't speak Spanish, you know, if you can find subtitles or something, or even just, just listen to the passion, even if you don't speak Spanish. Because it's really, really powerful, in my opinion. His game against Belgium in the semifinals was actually really good, too. Maradona scored both goals. He scored another really good one on his second goal in the semifinal to put Argentina in the final against West Germany. And the game went back and forth. Argentina got off to a brilliant start and went up 2 to nothing early in the game. Uh, Germany was able to rally back. That German team was really good, by the way. And it was 2-2, two to two, and Diego Maradona played through Buruchaga, who went and slotted in the game-winning goal, and Maradona's Argentina won their second World Cup in their history. And that was the, that was the game that really so sealed and cemented his status as an all-time great by carrying a pretty mediocre Argentina team all the way to the final. And they ended up winning it in the end. So, the World Cup in 86, certainly the peak of his career. But that wasn't where his story ends. Because the season after that with Napoli in 86-87, they won Serie A for the first time ever in their history. And the the entire city basically was celebrating for they basically you know didn't stop celebrating that win and after Maradona led Napoli to their first ever Serie A title he became a literal god in that part of Italy there were murals of him and again the documentary of HBO's does a really good job but there were pictures of the Pope holding Maradona. These were pictures in Napoli, like people painted these, but the Pope is holding Maradona in his hands. Like, he was so much a god, not just in a football sense, just in a literal sense that, you know, this was the guy who came to save them. And he did. And he brought them glory they'd never ever seen before. Huge, huge deal. And they didn't. They ended up finishing second place the next couple of seasons before 
they won a second title in the 89-90 season. So that was Napoli's second Serie A title in their history. And in addition, they also won the UEFA Cup and the Coppa Italia during Maradona's time. And I know you might think, you know, well, that's, you know, Messi has way more trophies than that. Or, you know, this player or that player. And yeah, there's a lot of players that tend to have more trophies than Maradona does. But this Napoli team was not, you know, overwhelmingly extraordinary. Maradona's, I think, his appeal for a lot of people in the greatest of all time argument is that he took, you know, maybe mediocre players and elevated them to the point where, you know, they were able to be champions. And I think that's where a lot of the arguments for Maradona come from. But the Napoli stuff obviously cemented in a lot in large ways his club career. And then there was the 1990 World Cup. And this is where things started to kind of go downhill. So, the 1990 World Cup, Maradona didn't play extremely well, but still, you know, was the best player in the world. And Argentina got to the semifinals against Italy. The World Cup was being held in Italy. And guess where that semifinal was played? In Napoli. So, you had... Italy and Argentina in Napoli at the World Cup 1990. And Maradona very famously basically told the people of Napoli to not cheer for Italy and to cheer for Argentina to cheer for him. And some people did, some people didn't. But some of the Italian players after the game basically said it felt like a neutral venue. It didn't feel like a home game to them. And Maradona ended up scoring the game-winning penalty kick in the game that sent Argentina to the final. And that was kind of the game when Maradona became the most hated person in Italy and kind of when things started to go downhill. In the final against Germany in Rome, the Italian fans actually booed the national anthem of Argentina, which is very rare to see, but it shows a lot of the hatred they had towards him after that semi-final game and for anyone who doesn't know the dark side of Maradona's story again there's a lot more than what I'm going to describe here but Maradona had his demons and the biggest one was cocaine and addiction so this was happening towards the end of his time at Napoli in the lead up to the 1990 World Cup where he became more and more addicted and struggled with drug problems and it was it was outlined again again really well in the documentary but basically he like so they would play games on Sundays and so after the game on Sunday he would basically go on this big bender and then would have to like try and sober up before Sunday to play again and this was kind of a constant problem for him but what happened after the 1990 world cup is that he no longer got special exemptions or protection and so he no longer got the protection from the drug tests and as a result maradona ended up testing positive for all of this stuff 
and he ended up with about a year-long ban following that which ended his time in Italy he ended up going back to Argentina for a couple seasons he actually played in the 94 World Cup but it's not really worth mentioning because to be honest the 1990 World Cup was kind of the last time you saw Maradona as you knew him after that it was very much a shadow of the player he used to be and it was kind of a sad story in a lot of ways where this is a player who had so much genius about him and he had these demons in his life that he really struggled to deal with especially later on in his life and it kind of almost in a way took away the possibility of a really really long career of his right but having said that his impact on the sport is absolutely undeniable there are lots of people that love football because of Diego Maradona. Napoli hadn't won a single Serie A title before him. They haven't won a single one after him. And he ended up getting his number 10 jersey retired at the club afterwards. Which, by the way, in, in football, getting your jersey retired is like the biggest honor you could have. It's so, so rare to have your jersey retired by anybody. So the fact that Maradona's number 10 jersey got retired is quite something. And after his passing on Wednesday, Napoli has also decided to rename their stadium after Diego Maradona, which I think is a fantastic touch. And you even saw during this past week with some of the games, Napoli uh, forward Lorenzo Insigne ended up scoring and he kissed a Diego Maradona jersey in his goal celebration, right, in honor of the legend. And Lionel Messi, same thing. Messi, when he scored for Barcelona, he took off his jersey to reveal a Newell's Old Boys jersey, and that's the club that connects Messi and Maradona together when they kind of first met and stuff like that. So, overall, I mean, it's a fascinating career, and I want to stress... I'm just giving, you know, kind of a general historical view on this. But there's a lot more to this career. There's a lot more to Maradona's story than just this. But I think it shows how important he was. And there's a reason why Maradona was also named the FIFA Player of the Century alongside Pele. So, one of the, one of the all-time greats has passed away. And obviously... My thoughts are with his family, and it's, it was a really sad week for football. But Maradona's story will carry on long after his death, and I think that's the most powerful thing you can say about him. But I'll definitely... I'm going to end my little segment here about Maradona with a quote from none other than Pele, because I think he had a brilliant tweet he put out on Wednesday, which is, and this is the English translation I should mention, it was obviously in Portuguese, but, quote, what's sad news? I lost a great friend and the world lost a legend. There's still much to be said, but for now, may God give strength to your family members. One day, I hope we can play ball together in the sky. And that's all I got for today. Thank you for listening in. 
Next week's show is going to be my last show for 2020. It's going to be kind of a Christmas, New Year's themed show. will be a little bit different, but lots of fun. So definitely be on the lookout for that next week. But once again, to everybody, be happy, be healthy, stay safe.